The Providence College Friars. Top for the crossover. The Big East. The rest of the college hoops world. Setting the screen. Dunn twisting his way in. This is the Providence Crier Podcast. With your host, a PC grad standing in at four feet tall. He is the Providence Crier himself, Mike Surratt. Welcome everybody to another TheProvidenceCrier.com. Follow me on Twitter. That's at ProvidenceCrier. Join with me as always. We have BOC. Follow him on Twitter at BOC all day. Today is Wednesday, February 23rd. And BOC, the stage is set in the words of Ed Cooley late last night on Twitter because last night, um, a, a, a game in the Big East that lived up to the bill, like, gotta say. UConn versus Villanova. Um, it had everything you could have asked for, especially if you're a province fan, because UConn gets the victory over Villanova, thus setting up the Friars with this opportunity here. Win the next two tonight against Xavier, Saturday against Creighton. The biggest championship is theirs for the first time in program history. BLC, let's talk about this UConn game first. What were your impressions of, of that game? And obviously, we'll get to some of the key points of the game it was it was a high level game played with some of the top tier teams in the big east um you know first and foremost great atmosphere uh i think there's two things that unify all big east programs one is hitting of the officials the second is colin gillespie getting called for offensive fouls i've never seen so much uh unanimous approval when gillespie got called for offensive fouls um but beyond that it was just a great game that's the type of game you see on a uh, Saturday night in MSG. So certainly lived up to the billing. And if you looked high level at heading into this week, Providence needed three things to happen. The first thing to happen was UConn to beat Villanova. And I would say that was the hardest of the three. So now that we got the hardest of the three out of the way, we need to take care of business tonight against Xavier. And then, you know, if we go into Saturday with a chance to clinch the biggest regular season against Creighton at home night game, that place is going to be a zoo and I, I'm so pumped for it. I got a pep in my step this morning. It's, it's a great, it's a great day to be a prior. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. So, so let's get to the big event that happens in this game. First half. I, I almost forget what, what was the call for? Like, was it a no call? I, so, I kind of so Hurley was Hurley was complaining about grabbing, um, and there wasn't a there wasn't a call, and he lost his freaking mind because yeah, he slammed the the scores yeah. table. So they teed him up, which uh, warranted whatever. If you want to say it's warranted, you don't want to say it's warranted. We can have that discussion later. But Hurley has the reputation, so you have to know that's going. To, there's going to be a quick trigger for that. The second technical was atrocious. That's the ref 
getting himself involved in the game when there's no need to do that. And listen, I'm not a UConn fan. I think we've made that very clear on our pod, on our blog, on our Twitter interactions. We're not UConn apologists by any means, but you can't make that call, uh, especially in a big game. You can't kick out a head coach when he didn't do anything wrong. Um, so that was ridiculous. And it was, you know, the famous James breeding. So uh, not surprised yeah. there. Do you want my take on it? Uh, I do. I would love it. I thought it was a quick trigger for the second one. Like I agree with people, but at the same time, you, you already brought this up. Reputation one. Yep. Um, the guy's a lunatic. Uh, now, if you remember, he went nuts in his presser after they lost to Xavier like two weeks ago or so. Mm-hmm. And um, basically was saying like how, how ridiculous it is, blah, blah, blah. And like how he was going to call the league office and get down, like get to the bottom of this, all that. This Big East released a statement after that. Yeah. Like this kind of got swept under the rug. And they were just basically like, yeah, we're not going to let you just, like, abuse our officials. Like, that's not how this works. And basically, UConn came out, too, and was like, yeah, we agree with the Big East. Uh, like, you know, we, we have to be respectful of everyone and blah, 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 good sportsmanship, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so, so that happened. Mm-hmm. Now, people want to be like, it's such, it's such bullshit that he gets called for a technical – for pumping up the crowd, right? But what people are kind of failing to realize, he pumps up the crowd after he gets a technical. So clearly he's like trying to make a mockery of the whole thing and show up the official. Like, like that's what he's doing. He, yeah, he is doing that. I have no problems with that. Because I think if I'm putting myself in Hurley's shoes, and I probably defend Hurley more than most, he is agitated with the call and he's trying to make the environment crazier. Uh, for his team because he knew he just gave away two points essentially. Um, yeah, I, I I see where you're coming from. I think I think the ref needs to swallow the whistle, especially like the big the the conference as a whole needs to say, listen, we know Hurley's a lunatic, <laughs> but this is one of the biggest games, probably besides PC Nova. Um, this is one of the biggest games. You need to swallow your whistle a little bit and let them play more and not insert yourself into the game, which they absolutely did with Hurley's uh, getting tossed. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you there. That, that you know, that's it's crazy that that coach gets booted first half of the game. But uh, so you got actually goes to the halftime winning the game. Yeah. Um, you know, second half, UConn actually develops like a, a pretty decent lead. Then Nova just turns it on, uh, typical Nova fashion, right? And they find themselves up four at the free throw line what, there was like a minute left, something like that? Yeah. And you're like, all right, this game's over. Uh, I thought it was very over. I even texted that it was over, even though I was hoping that text would kind of jinx the situation. The uh, yes, exactly. Uh, and so I guess before we get to the final sequence, this was a very un game last night as a whole. Like, they missed a ton of shots, I thought, that they normally make. Now, granted, I will say, they also hit some shots, contested shots, that were pretty impressive. Um, but the, but they, they missed a lot of open looks that they normally hit. Um, 
I thought I, they were sloppy with the basketball. They turned it over. And then the big thing, the elf in the room, uh, they started calling offensive fouls on Gillespie, and uh, here we go. <laughs> Dude, I, I in the first half, um, they ran a high a high screen, high pick and roll, and more, and the, the big man went underneath the screen and more buried a three on him. And I, I got PTSD from our game last week. I was like, oh, God, don't do this to me. But, yeah, um, they shouldn't be calling those fouls, by the way, against Gillespie. That's that's not a, hey, the, re- the refs did their job and they should be doing their job every game. He uses his offhand on every possession. So um, you just need to start calling it. But I would keep doing it if I were him because they don't call it. So this was the anomaly, and we'll see if it, it becomes a trend. All right, so so let's get to the final sequence here. Yep. Um, Nova goes in line. Was it Daniels for the one I, I'm, I, I don't remember. All right, well – Nova goes to the line uh, for one and one up four with like a minute left. Um, the Fox Sports shows the graphic that Nova's 83.8% uh, from the line this year on pace to beat Harvard for the greatest single season uh, free throw shooting from a team in NCAA history. And uh, of course, they missed the free throw. I'm like, ah, oh, that's surprising, but I still don't think UConn's going to win this thing. Uh, they get. A nice play drawn up by, by Kamani Young that took over for Dan Hurley uh, to get Paulie off really, like a really handoff. Quick, really quick, he just got himself a job this offseason based yeah, off this double up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he got a lot of praise post game, So he draws up a nice play for, for Paulie off like a, a dribble handoff for three. He hits it. One point game. Nova inbounds. Gillespie gets coffin cornered. Now, here's another call that this one nobody's talking about. I don't think this was a jump ball. I thought that was ridiculous because Cole is literally bear hugging him. Gillespie is like bending over, and he and Cole is basically just bear hugging Gillespie. I don't. He might have had a hand on the ball. I don't think he had two hands on the ball. That was a very sketchy jump ball call. So you're saying so possession arrow. UConn does. UConn. So you're ball. saying that. So you're saying there was a foul. On a jump ball, but they called a jump ball anyway. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. That's interesting how that works. On the it's weird when the shoe the shoes on the other foot. Yeah, that's really odd. Um, yeah. So I kind of thought that was found. Nobody's really talking about that one. But yeah, jump ball. Paul goes back to UConn. They call timeout. Um, Young draws up another play, kind of just ISO. Uh, Cole he gets a screen from Snogo. He doesn't take it. He just beats Slater. I believe it was off the dribble. Uh, layup and in with 1.1 left, or no, not 1.1 left, uh, with about like five or six seconds left. Nova inbound, storm down the court. Gillespie drives the lane, gets called for a charge. Cole draws it, and that pretty much is your game. Um, that offensive foul call, too, I, I think that was a toss up. Honestly, I could have seen it gone either way. I thought he was definitely shuffling his feet. There's no question. Um, I think that that could have been a call to block. And surprised it wasn't called a block, to be honest with you, given Nova's history. Yeah, Ben Bentiel was taking the uh, taking the charge. It would have been yeah. a it would have been a blocking it would have been a blocking foul. Yeah, yeah, but, but hey, I mean, what you, you think? Found one. What's that? Did you think that was a good call or no? Uh. You know, on the on those personally, especially in the game situations, 
Um, I would prefer no call. Just, just play on. Which yeah. I know they don't do, but it goes back to my point I made earlier. This is a great game. Two teams playing at a really high level. Just swallow your freaking whistle. Like, it's not about you. Just I know you have to make a call, but you can make an argument for both sides. Like, if I was a Noah fan, I would be frustrated. If I was a UConn fan, I would say that's the right call, and I think both have some merits. But, you know, end of the game, just make a no call and see if the guy makes it. And, and then it leads to more excitement if they get an offensive rebound or anything like that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So but that's just like you, the that's like the old school like basketball player in me who's like no blood, no foul kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I understand that's not really the way you call it these days. Yep. So they do not swallow the whistle. They call the charge. UConn gets the win. They storm the court. Uh that was cute. Uh after the game, Hurley was like, Yeah, we don't do that much here, but you know, the fans deserved it. It's like, okay, buddy. Uh, <laughs> Also, I don't know if you saw this, Hurley, like, pokes his head out of the tunnel after the game. Like, oh, like, he waved to people and he starts screaming at someone. Who knows who it was. He just loves screaming at people. I'm surprised he didn't have the Bobby Valentine uh, mustache on. I I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, We were texting about that. So, um, there you have it. UConn gets the win, setting the stage for the Friars here. They need two home wins. It starts tonight against Xavier. Um... BLC, you wrote the preview article. I added my a prediction in there. Um, it's out on theprovincecrier.com if you haven't read it already. Um, so give me your initial thoughts going into this one. 7 p.m. tip, CBS Sportsnet. Friars are a two-and-a-half-point favorite um, at this juncture. I think they opened up as like a one-point favorite. Uh, X right now struggling. Um, they've lost a handful of games here down the stretch. But obviously, they got a ton of talent. So, what's your overall takes uh, going into this one? Um, I think we need to do a lot of what we did again in the, in the first game, quite frankly. We were great defensively from the three point arc. Um, we, you know, we held them to what, 62 points? We only scored 65, but we have a good def- defense. So, that's normal. Um, where I think we can improve is getting Watson more involved. So, Nunji had a heck of a game against us in the first one. I think he had like 15 and nine and he, he affected the game more than just the box score indicates. He kind of dominated the game in the front court and even hit a couple threes, if I recall. So they need to get Nunji in foul trouble because I think if you get him in foul trouble, however that is, it completely blows up the game plan for Xavier because um, Fremantle certainly can't guard Watson uh, or Croswell. So if you get Nunji in foul trouble, I think that's the key to success. What will be interesting is, Nate Johnson, I believe, didn't. Nate Johnson, I believe, didn't play in the uh, in the in the last game they just played. Um, and I'll be curious to see if he suits up because he's a sharpshooter. I think the only way that Xavier really wins is if they get really hot from deep this game, which they haven't shown to do outside of Johnson and Conkle. Yeah, so I mean, I think pretty much a, a team that's been here throughout the whole season. Health is obviously a big thing, um, especially down the stretch here. You know, uh, Johnson didn't practice um, yesterday, I believe. So I feel like he's trending towards not playing. Um, apparently, they're still paying his knee. Um, but, you know, obviously, then you got the status of Al Durham. And I think, I think those two things – I think those two guys are key here in, in this game, to be honest with you. Because, listen, Providence – really struggled without Al Durham off the bat against Butler, right? 
And you can see why, you know, Alderham's an extra ball handler. Um, yeah. it, it just gives you more comfort on the court. Like we've talked about this whole year with him. Um, so, you know, I, I feel like it might be one of those things where like, yeah, we beat Butler without Al Durham, but it's like, what's the lasting impact without Al Durham? You know? So yeah, I know. I, I know. I, granted you're home, but like, I, I think, it's something to monitor for sure, for sure. And then you got Nate Johnson who um, dealing with the knee, you know, he's a guy who struggled as of late, but, but we know how good he is from three. Um, and it's just weird, man. Like this, I think this was interesting. On field of 68 last night, I threw it on after the UConn game. They brought up Providence's situation and a lot of them were all in agreement, really, that they're, you know, they weren't worried so much about the Xavier game. Creighton's the game that, that would concern them more. I have the total opposite take. I don't know about you. So, uh, which, which take about the about, game being? Like, like which, which of these games is, like, the scarier game? Um, I think the scarier game is this one because I think yeah. – because I think Xavier's a better team, quite frankly, than Creighton, even though Creighton's playing great ball right now. Um, Xavier has more experience. They've been in these battles before. I think the Creighton game, if we win tonight, it's Creighton's not Villanova where they have veterans who can handle that environment. I think it'll be too big of an environment for Creighton. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and personally, like, I think Providence, if they have one game to win, they're going to come out guns blazing. And that, yeah. I mean, the, the environment's going to be nuts. Right. No, I mean, I expect the environment to be great in both of these games here. Um, but yeah, no, I totally agree. Like Xavier, I wrote about this in my prediction, my long-winded prediction. Uh, last three, two seasons, now this season included, so about three seasons now, Xavier started 11-2 and two and then fell, fell on their face down the stretch. Miss, would have missed a tournament if there was one in 2020. Missed one in 2021. And as of now, they're safe. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, they keep losing, like, down the stretch here. I know. It's not going to end well for them. Um, And I think that makes me nervous. That makes me nervous because I think they're going to come out desperate. I know Travis Steele knows about this. I know a handful of players were on those teams, Paul Scruggs included. He knows about it. Like, they're thinking about it. I know they are. I think maybe that's why they've been playing poorly down the stretch here. Because, like, once you start to lose one, it creeps back in your head. Oh, crap. Are we going to do this again? Um, that makes me nervous. Because, like, to choke down the stretch three years in a row, like, that's an ass. Now, granted, they could lose this game and then, you know, finish okay down the stretch. You know, win a game in the Big East tournament and, and make the field. But this team's got a ton of talent. And now they're trending towards pulling themselves off or at least in the bubble mix and then potentially out of the tournament. I think you got a desperate team there. And then another thing to worry about is pick and roll. (laughs) Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. um, Well, the thing is the pick and roll, it actually kind of plays in our favor a bit because the people utilizing the pick and roll will be Scruggs and Odom. And they're not necessarily like sharpshooters. Maybe, maybe Conkle to a certain extent can utilize it, but um, they are kind of like, but like to your point, you're spot on. They are kind of like a wounded animal and they may just come out like with nothing to lose. And that's, a scary team to play against. 
Um, with that said, Cooley needs to hammer home to the, you know, our team that, hey, you know, the end is near for us. Like we need to win this Big East regular season title. Let's take this one down right now at home. Yeah, and you know, I don't know if he needs to even tell him that. Uh, you know, he said it all year. He's yeah. got a veteran group, and he's kind of taking a different approach. And you know, they know. Um, they were following along last night. They knew what was at stake last night yeah. between Villanova and uh, in UConn. Like the guys were tweeting out uh, their thoughts about the, the Hurley toss. Um, so they know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, y- you can't. You know, you don't want to. It's fine. Like no way they can. The Friars can lose back to back home games in the type of environments that, that they'll have. Never say never. Never say never. Never say never. Never say never. No, I know. Oh, oh, I know. And that's why I'm nervous. But, um, but yeah, you would have to think that the guys know what's at stake and will execute here and get the win. But Xavier's talent certainly concerns me. I mean, that, that's my overall. Yeah, I mean that, that's 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 probably been my biggest miss all year. Um, I I thought I guess St. John's too, but. I thought Xavier had a chance to win the Big East and it just hasn't come to fruition. Um, I can't figure that out, but they're a talented team and, you know, it is at home, but this is a veteran laden team. Like they know how to play in these situations and they certainly, they certainly want some revenge after we took one at their place. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you, you look at them, they've lost four or five. Um, they've lost Six of their last nine. No, six of ten. Pardon me. Um, So, yeah, I mean, they're scuffling down the stretch here once again. Um, But they have shown an ability to win on the road. They got to win at Creighton. Um, You know, then they beat Butler and DePaul on the road, I guess. You know, that is what it is. But um, still, going any road game, the Big East is tough. So, yeah, um, we we know that. Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I think you want to get Bynum going in this one. Obviously, um, he's been scorching hot offensively for the past month now. We want to continue that trend. Um, yeah, I, I think Watson can have success against a guy like Kunkel, uh, who's tall but not can block shots or excuse me pardon me uh watson would have a lot of success against yes yes he (laughs) would have a ton of success uh the criers deep analysis of the game watson on kunkel would would be a matchup nightmare uh but yeah no no nunji you know while he's tall and has the ability to block shots i feel like nate can do well against guys like that i mean we saw it against kroll uh Early in the year against Wisconsin, obviously, I think Nunji's better than Kroll. But, um, but if you remember, Watson really struggled against Xavier. So yeah, I yeah. think he, he had zero points in the win at Xavier. So I, I, I look for them to actually kind of feed him a lot of touches because I think he can be successful against Nunji. I really do. And he can, can get him in the foul trouble. He just needs – he needs to – and he does this against guys he plays bigger than at – or when he played against guys that are bigger than him, he needs to stop fading away from the shot and like double and triple uh, pump faking. Just go up strong. Make make them make a foul. 
um, or make make Nunji block him because, you know, not many people can. So if he does that, I think he'll force the issue with the refs and the refs are going to call foul or they're going to let them play on. And I, I like Watson's chances. Also, you got to remember, Watson only took two shots in that game and had foul trouble, only played 18 minutes. So uh, you got to kind of put it into context. Um, but yeah, I, I would try and get him going in this one. Um, big opportunity for Breed here. Like, come on, <laughs> come on, just give, give us one of those games that you had last year when you filled in for Bynum, right? Like, I know. He just, it's, you know, it's the sophomore slump. Um, and I think I, I may be misremembering. I remember Cooley saying something last year, like he's really hard on Breed because he knows he can take it. Um, he's really, he's really riding Breed. Like, almost, like I'm, I love like old school, tough coaching. Almost, like I'm even to the point where I'm like, dude, Cooley, you got to calm down. Like this guy's going to go in the tubes if you keep doing this. Um, like he was irate against Breed against Butler, uh, with Breed against Butler. Um, he needs, I think he needs to be built up a little bit because Breed's the same player he was last year. And Breed at times last year, and granted, we didn't have a great season, but there were a few games where Breed was by far the best player on our team. And that's a team that had David Duke Jr. who plays in the NBA. It's a team that had Nate Watson, who's likely going to be a first-team All-Big East player. Breed has the ability. He just needs to play with a little bit more confidence and stop being so hesitant. And it's tough. Like, I get it, you know, as a former athlete. Like, I get it when you don't have any confidence. You double and triple think about everything, and you're just not playing like your normal self. Yeah. Um, So, hopefully, maybe this can be a spot here where Breed has a nice game for the Friars. Um, Any other thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I'll say I I hope he does have a big game because while he's not doing it offensively, he's a heck of a defender defensively. Like, he brings that game in, game out, and it's nice to see him do that when the offense isn't working, isn't clicking. So hopefully it all comes together for him because if we can get, you know, down the stretch, 10, 15 minutes from him of solid play on both ends, it elevates the uh, both the floor and the ceiling for our team. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, big game at the dunk. I will be there. Um, are you going Saturday or no? I will, I will be in Key West at a bachelor party. There you go. Okay. Uh, we, give your prediction, by the way. We didn't give ours. We get, did it in the article, not on this. Yeah, yeah, um, Hold on. I had the pro- so I, I have the Friars winning by 10. Uh, yeah, what was it? 76-66. 76-66. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, they got to win by, by double digits at some point, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it's been a while uh, since they won by double digits. Um, I think it was the Georgetown game. Uh, yeah. And then they did it against the Paul once. Uh, but not many double-digit victories by the Friars. Um, I think this will be a good game, a hardly fought game, but Providence will pull away at the end. And when it's all said and done, we'll have a 10-point victory. That's my prediction. Yeah, I just rolled with what we've been doing all freaking season, and it's going to be a nail-biter till the end. Providence wins 67-64, uh, and my heart might give out before the end of the game. So uh, yeah, The worst part is about this is, like, we have all of the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament uh, for more heart-pounding moments. So, like, oh, my goodness. I, I hope not. I hope they can just take care of it uh, and win by double digits. But I think, I mean, obviously the way they've played all year – Trending probably towards your prediction, but uh, yeah. we shall see. But yeah, I'll have boots on the ground both games. Uh, 
real excited. I, I just want to get this one. Anyway, any way they can do it, just, just get it. Just get the win so we can set up a Saturday with a championship on the line for the Friars uh, in the ability to cut down the nets. Um, so what do you think? Do you think this might be a three-pod weekend? Week or? For sure. I'm already, okay. I'm already, I'm getting ahead of myself, but if we win tonight, I'm already picturing me being in Key West, popping bottles for the Big East regular season title. How nice would that be? Oh, it would be nice. I, I, I'm ready to cut down the nets. I might bring my own scissors uh, Saturday if we get this W tonight. Um, I don't know if that's allowed, uh, <laughs> but I might bring my own scissors. <laughs> Maybe no, cut. I don't think that will. I don't think that will be allowed, Mike. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I mean, I think it'd be so cool to win it at the dunk. And that's why I, I was rooting for UConn so hard yesterday because that would just be freaking awesome to win it on your home court, cut down the nets at the dunk. Oh man. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. Huge game against Xavier. Um, we'll be tweeting about it all day. Um, we'll be monitoring the, the, the news for Nate Johnson for, for Al Durham. See if those guys will be in action tonight, but should be a good one. I'm excited. Uh, until next time, Friar Town, have a good one. See you guys. Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way about a hoop, ay Cross over, I might go to L.E.U Heard they sleeping on me, well, let's take them back to school PC, you know we on go, ay Feel like A.J. Reeves when I'm off that pick and roll, ay Fall down, bounce back like Emmy Ho, ay I'm the alpha dog, D.I.L.O. They was sleeping on me, that's what made me a savage and he see me bumpin', so we gon' let him have it, yeah They don't want no static, we at the top just like the attic This year we takin' over March Madness Man up in my city, I'm the truth, yeah David Duke when I'm way above the hoop, babe Cross over, I might throw the you. But they sleepin' on me, well, let's take them back to school Man up in my city, I'm the truth